bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of judgment. But, but answer there, my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits well, a homicide and kills people up... Nah, if you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. This is The Truth of the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth app. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio in Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. (laughs) I tell you. So I'm tired of all these places texting me, asking me, do I want to write a book? So now you got to block them, right? You got to block this caller. It gets tiring. Can we get some lawmakers that will actually stop people from doing stupid stuff with your phone? Or make it illegal for a phone company to give money to a politician to let them allow laws to be passed where they can text us to death, email us to death? Because this is starting to get ridiculous. And if they don't stop, I'm going home to get my water gun. Start everybody. Ain't that right, Riri? Mm-hmm. 833-212-1017 is the number. I want to say thank you to J.B. Bell and Erica Wright. If you don't listen to my show or the Tory Lowe show, the well, him too, um, Sherwin Hughes, I think what you'll get is information that will give you an understanding of really the ways that People in the black community can overcome a lot of issues that are going on. And so we, we have to start being proactive. We, we can't wait for anybody to give us reparations. We can't wait for anybody to give us uh, money. We have to get it ourselves, do it ourselves. Stop complaining about, you know, the man and white people holding us back. Um, 
if there was ever a time to exercise avoidance, like that's the time. Avoid it. If, it, if they're an issue to you or if it's a problem to you, whatever it is, not just people, anybody in your life, move around, but get it done. Follow through, follow up. Not making enough money and having to need help sometimes may mean you're living in the wrong place and you're paying too much for something and you need to make an adjustment. Other times, it's okay. But the only person that can decide that is is like you. And that's important to remember. That's why we have people like Northwestern Mutual, J.B. Bell, Erica Wright in once a month, once on my show, once on Sherwin Hughes to talk about these are some of the things people go through. Because, you know, money is really personal. We don't want nobody to know. Die. Yeah, they're going to know everything about you. They're going to get all your business, all your money, everything. So may as well start dealing with it right now. All right. May as well start dealing with it right now. So I'm, it, it just gets to a point where, you know, life happens and then you got to, um, as they say, do what you do. Number five. Yes, we're in the season of budget cuts. Yes, we're in the season of uh, everything going south. Milwaukee County Transit honking its horns and sounding the alarm about proposed what? What do you, what do you think it is? Budget cuts. Well, Milwaukee County Transit says if state and local lawmakers don't act, it's facing a $26.5 million budget shortfall for 2025. And that translates to a 20% cut in services, nearly half of all routes in the system. It says the reduction in service could keep literally millions of riders from getting where they need to go. They've launched a campaign asking for public support. So here's my issue with that. There's only a half a million people. That's it. In Milwaukee. About a million or so in the county. Everybody don't drive. Like, what's the percentage of people in Milwaukee County that take the bus? You'd have to count them multiple times, right? Like every time they get on the bus, every time they get off the bus, every time they get on the bus, every time they get off the bus. If you count riders, that number would be significantly lower. So you probably need to count how many times a person rides the bus. That's probably millions. I get it. But you're talking $26.5 million that you're going to be short because you don't have the money for it. What you going to do? The goal is to tax. The other goal may be this to, is to come up with some alternative. But evidently the system's not working and people aren't riding. Because I don't know of a lot of young people that actually ride the bus. I don't know. Do they? Do they not? I can dare say I think not. Number four. Around 2.16 p.m. this afternoon, an 11-year-old and an 18-year-old were shot while riding e-scooters near 23rd and Burleigh. Police say two 
male victims are riding e-scooters, you know, those electronic things that you ride around town, while a suspect fired shots at them. They were both taken to a local hospital and treated for non-fatal injuries. Milwaukee police is seeking information on the unknown suspects. And if you have any information, call Milwaukee police at 414-935-7360. Number three, if you weren't watching today or if you were near 69th and Silver Spring Drive, um, a 15-year-old was shot and killed overnight in that area. And the police and FBI raided a home near 69th and Silver Spring. Uh, FBI Public Affairs Officer uh, Leonard Peace later confirmed that multiple FBI search warrants and arrests were made throughout Milwaukee today as part of a Milwaukee area safe streets task force. Uh, Peace could not give more details about the arrests, of course, because all of the warrants are under are, are sealed, but that will be coming up in upcoming days, usually somewhere in a 72 hour, 48 to 72 hours. There's no concern for public safety. They deployed a few flashbangs and people got kind of riled and upset about that. But then they actually, caught who they were looking for and everyone is safe number two was i off again was that three or two was that three we're on two i'm on two i can't count one two three four yeah you're right (laughs) that's that public school math let's do it one more time number two all right eight felony charges have been filed against Paris Larry, 14, and Antonio Johnson, 17, in connection with a shooting in Fond du Lac on Sunday. Um, Tatiana Zek, 20 years old, who was well-known by people here in Milwaukee, died as a result of the shooting. Uh, two others were wounded. Uh, Paris Larry Jr. turned himself in at around 2.30 a.m. this morning, uh, made his initial appearance in court today, where the bond was set at a million dollars. Um Antonio Johnston still being sought. So if you have information, make sure you contact the Fond du Lac Police Department. Number one. Well, we talked about it earlier. Nobody wants to figure it out, but it was in my opening. If you drive reckless, you're going to be paying more money. Your first offense is $400. Your second subsequent offense is $1,000. And if you get the second offense for $1,000 and you didn't pay the first one, they tow your car. That's it. In a nutshell, they will be taking your car. And every day they have it, you pay a fee because they got your car. So on top of the $500, I'm sorry, the $400 ticket you didn't pay, and a thousand dollar ticket you just got for fourteen hundred, they're gonna tow your car. You gotta pay for the towing, and you gotta pay for storage per day. So, what are we doing? Or you can wait thirty seconds for a red light to turn green. I'm just saying. It's getting to the point where I'm seeing it in suburbs. I'm seeing black, white, Hispanic, Asian, old, young. Some people, I can't even see the steering wheel, right? Because they, they're babies. Driving like fools. Now, I also got asked another question this morning 
um, because a 72-year-old man, 74-year-old man, got arrested over on 41 driving in the wrong lane, and he was intoxicated. I said, what does being intoxicated have to do with anything? Being intoxicated uninhibits you, which causes you to do what you think, right? There's no inhibition, right? There's nothing in your brain saying, hey, don't do that. That's wrong. You, you see it. You do it. So he wanted to drive that way, so he kind of he drove that way. But my question was then, do we need to limit the age that people need to get retested? Because right now it's like, what, 10 years? You get a driver's license. That's idiotic. Well, we want to save money. I remember when we used to go every three years. Every three years we had to go get a driver's license. So I got a driver's license when I was 18, 21, 24, 27. And then when I hit about 30, they started saying, well, you know, we're going to extend it. It's going to be like five years. And then it turned into eight years and some places it's 10 years because they don't want to spend all that money, right? It's a lot of money to upkeep all that stuff. They retested you? No, 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 no. Oh. You get to go get a new license. Oh, but okay. that's when they tested you, right? You had to do a vision. And if there was anything wrong, they retested you like right then. Oh. Well, they don't do that now. So some 70-something-year-old guy who has no bit. If I'm 70-something, first of all, God willing, I want to make enough money where I have a driver. I'm going to be driving myself around. But in any event, I don't. I'm not going to want to be driving around at 70. I'm going to be like, hey, can y'all come get me? Because I ain't driving. Come pick me up. I'm just saying. Like, why is that a problem? Why are you laughing? Why is that a problem? I'm just imagining you being old and someone driving you around. I'm already old. <laughs> That's what everybody say. You old. And you know what I say to that? Don't ask me nothing there. I don't know. Oh, they're old. They don't know anything. You got a library walking down the street and you dissing that person because they have literally lived through stuff you've, you didn't even know existed. But yet they're too old. Yeah. But those are the same people that didn't know that <clears throat> boomers invented the Internet. More of The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, 833-212-1017. I want my tags. <laughs> Tune in to Truth in the Afternoon. 
Nope. That's all. Tune in. That's all. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Tune in to Truth in the Afternoon with me, Dr. Ken Harris, next week. I'll be featuring National Law Enforcement Week. I'll be talking to black law enforcement officers about the challenges in their careers, um, deputies and police officers. Make sure you tune in next week, May 15th through the 19th, right here on the award-winning 1017 The Truth. We'll talk about careers and how they how they really want to help make the black community great by enforcing the laws and making people safe. That's it. You can also tune in this Saturday for Men Making Health a Priority, presented by All of Us Milwaukee, at the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships, 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock. I'll be at 10 o'clock with Bashir Easter and Reverend Dr. Frederick Jones. At 11 o'clock, Soft Life Chronicles will be with Denise Thomas and her guests. All of our guests are from um, the Outreach, Prevention, Education, and General Baptist State convention of wisconsin folks and we'll be really just talking about health benefits why it is beneficial for both men and women i'll be talking about men denise thomas will be talking about women as it relates to participating in the all of us program make sure you sign up it's gonna take time it's gonna be a while but i still think that it's a worthwhile thing for you to do and um you'll be helping generations to come in terms of how to um, create medicine, do things in healthcare that will help bring about life saving medicine in the African American community. So, can't help it. You can give me a call, 833 212 is the number. Uh, talking text line. Mike said, "Ria, no, she got a voice now. She got. Oh no, I'm sorry, Ria. Now, no, she got a voice. Wow, perfect for Doctor Ken show. Instead of two guys, it's a man and a woman talking. I don't know. Tell Mike from Mill Road to call back. I'm just saying. <laughs> Judy said when I was talking about the um." Fines said more fines aren't going to change a thing. Those kids need to get locked up on offense number one. Well, come on. You can't just lock everybody up. I mean, you know, got to give people a break. A little bit. Just a little bit. Just, just, a, just a lock everybody up. You say off with their head. Wow. She, she went, eh, it's over. Cut their head off. Kill him all. Wow. Mm, mm, mm. <sighs> I've heard I'm a lover, not a fighter. I've never heard I'm a killer. Don't fight. But, you know, that's just me. 833-212-1017 is the number. I came across an odd story. I came across two really odd stories that are kind of weird, and I didn't. I didn't know how to. So you tell me which story you want to hear about. Of course, I'll take the first five because, you know, when I pledged, I was a number five and an anchor. So number five, do you want to talk about the porn studies course or do you want to talk about something the NFL did? Why is that funny? It's kind of a simple question. 
Let's do the porn studies one. How did I know you was going to say do the porn? I don't know why. I don't know why. But I know now. <clears throat> so before we go to break, I'm, I'm going to see if I can explain this one. It's a little different, and I want to know your thoughts. Temple University in Pennsylvania has started its first porn studies course this semester, aiming to teach students, get this, about sex outside of a moral right and wrong framework. Additionally, the new course, which has become popular at the school, shocking, will serve as a jumping off point to talk about woke issues like race, ability, and patriarchy. What? I can porn. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm done. Um, the course's instructor, Professor Jennifer Polite, an insider piece, described the course titled Social Perspectives and Digital Pornography, the Other Sex Ed, as one of both undergrad and graduate students will learn and discuss sexuality, intimacy, and power dynamics. She explained that starting a class on pornography seemed prudent considering young people's reliance on the medium for filling in gaps in their sexual education. Uh, where'd you get that information from? Well, Polite, the school's assistant director of gender, sexuality, and women's studies, who started the course at the beginning of the 2023 spring semester, began by telling Insider, this is Business Insider, just how popular the course has become in such a short time. If you just started it this semester, ha, okay, semester's just over this week, but now it's popular. Okay. She says she explained the class from 25 to 50 students outright just uh, to meet a portion of the demand that they had for it, telling the outlet, I just kept uh, having a longer waiting list, which signaled to me that there's an absolute need for this course. No, it doesn't. After you run it, it'll tell. They're just intrigued by the name of the course. Anyway, is this something that you would want to go to and look at and talk about? Yeah. 833-212-1017 is the number. She justifies the course saying it may be students' only real access to knowledge about sex and sexuality and how it works. Are you kidding? You know what? I'm sorry. I got to reserve a word for her. Dumb. You are listening to The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris, sponsored by Concordia University, Wisconsin, on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, 833-212-1017. See, now you made me want to keep continuing the conversation, but anyway. Say what? Did you say whatever? He's like, whatever. Whatever. 
But seriously, so we, we were talking about politics and somebody was saying, well, Donald Trump, he may win. I'm like, well, he's, he's probably not going to win because there are too many other Republicans that don't want him. And that number will be divided enough amongst Santos and other people that Trump will win the, what do you call it? He'll win the primary, but he won't win the election. And that'll be that. But that happens all the time. His, historically, that happens all the time. My issue is we take our eye off of what's happening locally and start banging a drum in 2024 for Biden and Donald Trump and all this crap. The county, if they don't get money, is going to lose 20% of that. The city budget's going to be cut, police, fire, all that. If they make this idiotic deal with the state for shared revenue, we're going to lose because we're going to have to pay more money. But as soon as 2024 hits or the fall hits, all of a sudden, we're going to look at national politics and people are going to forget and they're going to start passing things that are going to be detrimental to the city. And nobody's going to notice because we're too busy being emotional about a guy that hasn't even affected us, Donald Trump. Who cares? But all I got to do is say Donald Trump and black people lose their mind and they take their eye off the ball of local politics. All politics are local. How you feel, how you think, your garbage, your electric, your gas, everything's local. The president might touch one or two things. Unless you commit a crime, the Supreme Court ain't going to have nothing to do with you. Neither will abortion, neither will women's rights, men's rights, anything. Take care of your family. Take care of your household, what God gave you, and you won't have a lot of those problems. Then come together and figure out what we're going to do for the whole city, for the whole county, for the whole state. But take care of home first. We toss stuff aside and start arguing and fighting over stuff that never touches us, never trickles down. All the money we talked about in the 80s, the 70s, the black power, where's the money at? Where are all the banks we started? If you want to argue and fight about something, fight about that. Fight why we don't have black banks. Fight why we don't have money in our community. Fight why every time we mention something, white people call us a minority. We call ourselves a minority. And one of the base words of minority is minor. Like you're actually calling yourself less than. Or people of color. What is that? As if we pretend like white's not a color. Oh, that's not us. That's y'all. And we, and we perpetuate it. And now that diversity and inclusion and equity is starting to wind down. I'm starting to hear people complain about jobs they can't get anymore. The only thing they're hiring for is equity and inclusion. Um, the only thing you can be a VP of is public affairs. You can never be the CEO of anything. You can never quite, you're never quite ready. Well, it's the same in the NFL. News that attorney generals in New York and California are investigating the National Football League for alleged workplace violence and hostile work environments comes on the heels of a National Association of Black Journalists meeting with NFL officials. Last week's announcements by both attorneys general 
raises some of the same concerns expressed by the National Association of Black Journalists and our members, because I'm a member. A joint statement released by the attorney general said no person should ever have to endure harassment, discrimination, or objectification in the workplace. No matter how powerful or influential, no institution is above the law. We will ensure the NFL is held accountable. The NABJ, or the National Association of Black Journalists, biggest concern is the lack of employment of black professionals in news and communications departments throughout the NFL. However, the pervasiveness of the alleged exclusion of black employees overall, eh, that's kind of disturbing too. So check this out. These are some of the NABJ's concerns. Again, we took our eye off the ball because we kept talking about coaches. Oh, we need a black coach. We need a black coach. We need a black coach. That's great. But who's making the decisions to hire the black coaches? Well, although more than 70% of the players in the NFL are black, the NFL acknowledges the news department's lack of black manager. Not one. Sources add there are no black copy editors and no black full-time employees on its news desk. So all the information that's sent to the media about players, of which 70% of them are black, are all white people. If it's negative, if there's positive and it's not sent out, somebody that looks like them doesn't send it out. Sources also indicate that out of 200 staff members at NFL Films, one black person, and it's a black woman. According to NFL sources, NFL Films has zero black full-time employees in their technical and administrative departments. Anybody that's making a decision, anybody that's making a financial decision or spending money or making decisions, nobody. Now, it's important to note that many news and media roles are not technically called news positions, though they serve the same function in the news and media industry. There are jobs for which NABJ members uniquely qualify for but are listed different and categorized across diverse silos. Dorothy Tucker, who I know from CBS Channel 2 in Chicago, the NABJ president, said, we are disappointed, but even more committed to keeping this issue at the forefront, especially in light of our recent conversations and investigations regarding alleged discrimination within the NFL. We demand immediate attention to correcting these inequities. Now, during a conversation with NABJ, NFL Vice President and Chief Administrative Officer Dasha Smith appeared to be, in this story, appeared to repeat ill-conceived, rehearsed public uh, relations lines without really any details on how the NFL would deal with employment, diversity, deficiencies. The NABJ's concern is especially acute regarding the question about the dearth of black media managers and others in upper-level decision-making position. Smith's unacceptable excuse for why NFL couldn't move on improving diversity numbers among black employees is that there are few openings and low turnover. There was no explanation given for how the NFL allowed the practice of exclusion to even operate over the years. Hans Schrader, the executive vice president and chief operating officer for NFL media agreed to have another discussion about the status of hiring over the course of this year, which is pretty much halfway over, NABJ will regularly report on both attorneys general's investigation and hiring updates that address the deficiency issues in NFL news and news-related content across the country. So when you hear these stories that break or information that, quote-unquote, gets leaked out from the NFL, 
about the 70% of black players that are in the NFL? You can rest assured. And 100% of the time, nobody that looks like me released it. More of The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harrison is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, 833-212-1017. you have any comments or questions or anything that's been happening today, give us a call. The Black-Owned Business Give Back is back. We have teamed up with Associated Bank once again to help local black businesses grow and succeed together. The home of Milwaukee Black Talk will be giving away $6,000 worth of free commercial advertising for three months to five black businesses each quarter in 2023. To sign up for this incredible marketing opportunity, visit blackbusinessgiveback.com. That's blackbusinessgiveback.com. Let's rebuild our community's black bone. Black bone. Well, yeah, that too. Let's rebuild our black bone and our backbone through exposure on the truth. For official rules, head to blackbusinessgiveback.com, Associated Bank member FDIC. That's not the first time I've done that. Say black bone. That must be telling me something. It's a Freudian slip, which I always thought a guy named Freud wore a slip, but you know, <laughs> then there's that. Am I getting giddy because it's late in the day? Don't even answer that. 833 212 1017 is the number. Looking at NBC News, a Texas man who killed a protester three years ago was sentenced today. 25 years in prison, although the state Republican governor promised to approve a pardon if given the opportunity. I hope he's not. Daniel Perry, 35, Army Sergeant, was convicted last month by a Travis County jury of murder in the fatal shooting of Garrett Foster in downtown Austin in July 2020. On April 8th, the day after the jury returned his verdict, Governor Greg Abbott tweeted that he wanted to pardon Perry and said he asked the Board of Pardons and Paroles to consider the matter. I hope they told him no. Travis County District Attorney Jose Garza at the time called Abbott's intervention in the case deeply troubling, and it is. In our legal system, a jury has to decide whether a defendant is guilty or innocent, not the governor. That's what Garza said on April 9th in a statement. Abbott said in vowing to pardon Perry that Texas has a strong stand-your-ground self-defense law, and he suggested that Garza was a progressive district attorney. Under Texas law, the Board of Pardons and Paroles has to first recommend a pardon before the governor can act on it. Abbott said he asked he has was permitted to ask the board to review it, and he said he asked the board to do so and expedite the matter. Perry fatally shot Foster 28, who had been legally carrying a rifle at a demonstration against police brutality and racial injustice in downtown Austin the evening of July 5th of 2020. Perry was in a vehicle. Foster approached the intersection carrying a semi-automatic rifle, police said. Perry shot Foster from the vehicle with a handgun and told police that Foster, an Air Force veteran, had pointed the gun at him 
and that the shooting was in self-defense. Perry was found guilty of murder, but was found not guilty of the second charge he faced aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. He faced up to life in prison on the murder conviction. His client, Clint Broden, said they planned to appeal. Broden said Wednesday, that was today, that they had hoped for a sentence of 10 years or less, and they will focus on that appeal. Now, if this guy was black and he was sitting in a car and he shot somebody, all heck would have broke loose in Texas. Oh, my God, he killed an Army sergeant. But the Army sergeant gets to shoot a black man. Number one, you're in your car. Roll up your window and drive away. Now you're talking about the fact that you can shoot somebody from the seat of your car inside while they're carrying a rifle. Here's my question. Why is it when a black man exercises their civil right under the United States Constitution and, the, and Texas to open carry a weapon, why is it when a black man carries it, all of a sudden they're a criminal, but when a white man carries it, he's exercising his civil rights? I, I, I don't understand that. Why is that? And I consider myself the police, and I don't understand that. I was cognizant enough to recognize that out of uniform, people didn't recognize me. But we've always said, and it's always been a fact, even though many times white people pretend like they don't understand it, and many don't. Interracial identification is difficult. It is difficult for a black person to identify a white person. It's difficult for a white person to identify a black person. Many of the features they don't have in common, mainly melanin. We like to think, oh, that's garbage. Anytime somebody brings something up like that, they scream garbage. It's not true. But if you actually understand science and, not, and stop using it only to make your argument, you'll start to understand that it's clear. There is difficulty with eyewitness testimony of inner race. That's all. A black person can identify a black person more readily and more accurately than they can identify than a white person. Well, let me get that right. Let me get it right. Black person can identify a black person more accurately than a black person can identify white or Hispanic or Asian. That's just how life is. We like to pretend, oh, my God, that's, that's racist, that's sexist, that's this, that's that. But there are just some things about life that we just need to accept. There are some things that we just need to recognize that are true, and there's not much we can do about it. One of those things comes down to race. We didn't create it. White people did. We didn't create the animus. White people did. We didn't create the, 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 what I like to call intersectionality of race and everything else. But when you started to separate us and call us by different names, you did it. You created a subculture that now became the dominant culture. And you can't unring that bell. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. It's out. And as we move through this summer, I hope the reporting in Milwaukee is a little more broad than just all the things that are happening in the black community. 
And when white people overdose on fentanyl, we call it a fentanyl problem. Because if black people were overdosing on fentanyl, they'd be talking about why isn't the community taking care of them? If you say we're all brothers and sisters, you should be down there helping us just like we should be up there helping you. Oh, wait a minute. You don't want us up there. My bad. You get older and you get tired of having to listen to what people have to say. And it's unfortunate because here you have a black man killed. And everybody seems to think that because this guy was a army sergeant, his life is more important. But here's the kicker. You ready? Foster wasn't black. He was white. Think about that. What were you doing? What were you doing that that you got scared of a guy with a gun? But they still protested. They still had demonstrations. Why? Because it was wrong. And that's what we have to pay attention to. If Foster was black, governor wouldn't have anything to do with this. But it's between two white guys. So he thinks he can get away with it. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Tori Lowe's show is coming up next. Thank you, Rhea. Appreciate you. Thank you to uh, J.B. Bell and Erica Wright from Northwestern Mutual. Had a great time. And thank you, Truth Nation. Again, Tori Lowe shows up next. I'll be rebroadcast. I don't even know. Can you find a schedule for rebroadcast? Because I have no idea what it is or what I'm on. I think I'm on at midnight. I don't know. All you got to do is just keep listening day in, day out, 24 hours a day. You'll hear me eventually. God bless. Take care. I'm out.